last time we looked at Psalm 141, I believe I said we would be taking two sessions, two labs, to look at these four verses. But as I pondered things to see and things to ask here, the implications became so many that I thought I've just got to do three. So this is the second of three sessions on David's beginning of his prayer in Psalm 141. So, Father, as we take another session here to ponder the way David prays, would you teach us to pray and to love and to seek and to enjoy your nearness and your ear and what it's like to please you in prayer with our words and with our heart and with our deeds. Incline us to pray this way. Teach us, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to the voice, my voice, when I call upon you. So twice he calls, and what he hopes for in the first call is that God would move toward him, hasten to me. And what he hopes for in the second call is that God would give ear that he would hear. So God comes and God hears. We looked at that. And then let my prayer, my prayer be counted as incense. My prayer be counted as incense. And surely incense is something that uh, is done ordinarily in the temple and that is meant to, to please God. It's a sweet aroma. Let my prayer be counted as incense, as pleasing in your temple to you, before you, and the lifting up of my hands. And we saw that prayer gets intensified when the, when the body is involved in expressing the, what the mouth is saying. As I lift up my hands, would you grant that to be counted as an evening sacrifice? So here God is coming to him, and it looks as though uh, he is coming to God. As He wants God to at least treat his prayer wherever he is, as though he were in the temple offering incense, as though he were in the temple offering a sacrifice. And if he... If God were receiving this incense and this sacrifice, then surely God would be pleased. So he's asking that God would come, that he would hear, that he would have mercy and be pleased with what he says. And then we turn to verse 3, and he says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. And the parallel repeats, Keep watch. So keep watch. Parallels set a guard over the door of my lips. So door of my lips is parallel to my mouth. Now why why does he plead like that? Is he is he asking for God to guard his mouth against something going in? Like don't let me drink too much, don't let me eat too much. No, he's not. Well, how do we know that? Well, because the context is, is prayer. It's what coming, it's what coming, what's coming out of his mouth, his call. And so as I pray to you, set a guard over my mouth. As I pray to you, keep watch over my, my lips. And why would he ask that? Because he's so concerned in his 
passion to cry out for something here that he might offend God and say something unseemly that would displease God. And he wants to please God. And so he says, God, you you take control of my tongue so that as I'm praying, I don't say anything that would offend you or would indict me. And what, what might that be? Well, um, he's going to talk about uh, the wicked here and in the latter part of the psalm. And so it might be, don't let me say anything maybe envious of the wicked, or don't let me say anything resentful of the wicked. They have all these delicacies down here, and and they prosper, and they look like they might be getting the upper hand in my life, and don't let me say anything that would betray mean-spirited, ugly resentfulness that doesn't trust you, or say anything as though you were not enough, Lord, for me, and I envy them. That perhaps might be what would come out of his mouth and through his lips if God were not guarding him. So he's pleading with God, guard my lips so that I don't, I don't say anything that would be inappropriate. But he knows and we know that it is possible to keep your, your mouth and your lips from saying anything all the while that your heart has terrible things in it towards your enemy. So he, he goes deeper now. Do not let my heart incline. Do not let my heart incline to any evil. So he's asking, Lord, I, I know uh, I need to have my mouth guarded and I need to have my lips guarded, but my need is so much greater than that. My heart can incline to things that maybe with your help, willpower would keep from emerging from my lips. But I don't even want to push anything evil up against my lips that you would have to check. I want my heart as the fountain of life to be pure. And so he's asking God to govern the inclinations of his heart so that his prayer isn't just pure at the level of his mouth and his lips, but also at the level of his his heart so that no evil emerges. And then he knows, too, that the heart not only gives rise to words out of mouths and lips, but the heart gives rise to deeds here, deeds. And so he, he goes on to say, don't, do not let my heart incline to any evil. That is, don't let it even move me to deeds. Don't let me busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity and let me not eat of their delicacies. Now, why wouldn't he just stop here and say, uh, don't let any words come out displeasing to you through my mouth and my lips and don't let my heart incline to any evil and don't let my heart give rise to deeds as well as to, to words, period. But he adds, don't let that happen in the company with men who work iniquity, and let me not eat their delicacies. And here's my answer, my effort at an answer to that kind of why he didn't stop here question. I think this signifies the fact that our deeds are motivated by desires, aren't they? We get involved in wickedness, and we get involved with people 
and are drawn with them into their wickedness, not out of any sense of duty, I got, to, I got to do some wickedness today, but because there's some delicacies, there's some desires that they seem to be enjoying that we're not enjoying, and I eat them and they draw me away. I want them. And so when he prays back here, do not let my heart incline to any evil, wicked deeds. He's saying here, that is, don't let these delicacies appear more desirable to me than you are when I, when I say, hasten to me, O God, hear me, let me be pleasing to you. So I think what we learn from this prayer about prayer, that's what David is doing here, is praying about his praying and about his mouth in praying and his heart in praying and his hands, his hands in praying, which are involved in these deeds and his motive in praying, which is to love God more than these delicacies. What we learn is, is this. Number one, we want to pray in such a way that we ask God to be near to us, come to me. We want to pray in such a way that we ask God to hear us and give his ear to us. We want to pray in such a way that we ask God to be pleased with like incense, as if our prayer were incense. We want to pray and ask God, that he would purify our words, our words in prayer, whatever comes out of our lips and out of our mouth. We want to pray in such a way that our deeds are pure underneath and behind and even in praying as we lift up hands, lift up holy hands, not, not dirty hands. And we want to pray with a heart that has desires that are not controlled by the temptations and delicacies of the world and the wicked, but are inclined by the desire we have or inclined by the worth that God has for us when we call upon you to hasten to us to be our portion.